The European yields rebound on news that Germany will suspend its debt limit for the fourth consecutive year. The euro-dollar rally slows. Oil remains under pressure as the stock indices extend their gains with well, an increasing appetite for the technology stocks on both sides of the Atlantic Ocean. So welcome. This is Swiss Coats Daily Market Talk. While the U.S. economy has been surprisingly resilient this year to the Federal Reserve's aggressive monetary policy tightening campaign, well, we cannot really say that we have a similar soothing and beautiful and sunny picture in Europe. We have not indeed. The energy crisis that followed the COVID pandemic has been very, very hard on everyone, but especially on Germany, which was once the European growth engine. I mean, that was just a few years ago. And Well, Germany is suffering big time and is still suffering and the country needs even more money today to keep running when well, money becomes rare and obviously more expensive. And the country has decided to suspend its debt limit for the fourth consecutive year as a result of all this need for money, signaling that borrowing in Europe overall will continue to increase and the new debt that the Europeans will obviously take on their shoulders well, will cost significantly higher than a few years ago when the European yields were at well, zero. And in Germany, for example, the ratio of debt as a percentage of the country's GDP has fallen below 60% before the COVID pandemic hit. It exploded to flirt with the 70% with all the COVID and energy spending and has been on a falling path since that peak as inflation also helps pulling that number down, mind you. But with the morose growth outlook for Germany over the next year, slow inflation and increasing debt, well, we could actually see the German debt levels increase. Italy's debt-to-GDP ratio, for example, has rebounded past the 145 level recently after dipping. Now, economic problems also lead to some important change in the European political landscape. And in the sense, well, in Switzerland, for example, the Greens which were popular a few years ago, lost big in the latest federal elections. In Netherlands, the far-right geared realtors well, came out victorious, surprisingly victorious, in the latest election. And, well, in the UK, it is the opposite happening. Uh, Rishi Sonak is actually feeling the heat to a point that the British government actually announced tax cuts for corporations and for individuals this week to save their place in the next election, which is expected to happen next year in the UK. The reality is, in all this, no matter if a government is at right or at left, the pandemic and the energy crisis have been very, very bad, bad enough actually to threaten whoever is in power right now. Anyway, back to my debt story. German bonds fell at yesterday's trading session on news of yet another suspension of the debt limit. So the German 10-year yield advanced to 2.60%, Italy's 10-year yield jumped to 4.40%, and the Italian to German yield spread rebounded this week, and it rebounded from the lowest levels since September this year. 
and obviously that's widening yield spread between the European core and periphery yields could actually become a limiting factor for the euro appetite at a time traders should decide whether the euro dollar should or could appreciate above that 110 psychological mark or not. And as per the European Central Bank expectations, well, the European Central Bank officials do their best, but their best to tame the rate cut expectations in the Eurozone these days. In the sense, Belgian Central Bank Governor Pierre Wunsch, for example, said yesterday that the European Central Bank won't cut the interest rates as long as wages growth in Europe remains elevated. While the German Central Bank head, Joachim Nagel, he on the other hand said that cutting the interest rates too early would be a mistake. A mistake? Well, maybe, but, but each piece of economic data that comes in comes as a further evidence that the Eurozone economies are not going toward sunny days. And released yesterday, the European PMI figures came in well, slightly better than expected by analysts, but, but these green numbers on the economic calendar actually hide the fact that this reading was below 50 and that for the sixth consecutive month, meaning that in simple English, activity in the Eurozone contracted for the sixth consecutive month. And the Eurozone GDP fell below the zero level at the latest reading, remember? While in comparison, the US GDP grew nearly 5% in the latest quarter. So this is to say that based on the current economic data, well, the Federal Reserve has a greater margin for keeping its interest rates steady than their European counterparts. And that hawkish margin for the US Federal Reserve could actually keep the euro appetite limited against the US dollar following the rally that we see in the US dollar since the beginning of October. So we could be approaching a peak level near the 110 level yet, yet keep in mind that despite, despite several warnings out there that the falling US long-term yields will at some point trigger a hawkish reaction from the Federal Reserve and eventually reverse, well, the Fed does remain in charge of the market today, and the US dollar index actually struggles to gain traction above its 200-day moving average. Elsewhere, where the dollar yen remains offered near its 50-day moving average, released freshly this morning, while the Japanese inflation advanced to a three-month high in the month of October, and it rose to 3.3% level from 3% printed a month earlier. Now, normally, but I say normally, it would have boosted the bets of Bank of Japan normalization, but the Bank of Japan should well, first awaken from its coma to react in energy. Well, the US grid trades near the $75, $76 region right now with a decent, decent downside pressure, of course, on speculation that the delayed OPEC meeting to next week from this weekend could result in Saudi not doubling its solo production cuts to sustain prices. There is even a slim possibility that they could eventually reverse these cuts. But you know what? I'm actually wondering if the whole thing, the whole drama this week is not staged amid pool buying on news that Saudi would double its 
production cuts to cast shadow on Saudi's intention to defend oil prices just to bring attention to OPEC and to Saudi Arabia, which finally would go ahead and double its production cuts hoping that the market reaction would eventually be stronger than if they had well announced the same exact cut this weekend. I mean, I don't know, it's just speculation, but in all cases, deteriorating growth prospects globally will likely limit the upside potential that we might see in oil prices in the medium run. The short run price action could see some more volatility, however elsewhere. Well, note that the European stocks have not been much bothered by all the debt problems, the debt chaos, or the political shenanigans across the European nations. The stock 600 index rallied above its 200-day moving average and above the summer to now descending channel top and extended gains to 7% since the October dip. Growth stocks in the stock 600 index outperformed their peers thanks to the falling yields across Europe. Now, the same is true globally because the ratio between the MSCI's global growth and global value took a lift since the US yields started their journey to the south by the end of October this year. Now, note that forecasts for the European EPS for growth companies are being lifted faster than for the rest of the market. So that's one thing to keep in mind. That's what also explains why the stocks in technology companies grow faster than the others, while the EPS forecast for Nasdaq 100 hit a record high this week. Happily, happily, these expectations are not just wins. They are juiced by exponentially growing EPS for Nasdaq 100, for example. The index closed above the 16,000 mark on Wednesday's trading session. Now, I'm not really saying that you should go out, go ahead and buy the Nasdaq stocks in the overbought territory, as I actually think that we will eventually see some downside correction shortly at the current levels. But there is little reason to think that the Nasdaq 100 index won't flirt with its historically high levels if, of course, if the US yields remain contained. So this is all for this week. I'm Ipek Özkardeşkaya and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful messages throughout this week. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on X and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. And please, please do not forget to hit the like button on these videos to let us know that you enjoy them. So I will meet you again next week. And until then, good day trading and have a lovely weekend.